Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Colorado Sports Guys podcast is brought to you by the Denver Chop House, located in the heart of Lower Downtown. Some call it Lodo, just a block from Coors Field, several blocks from the Pepsi Center. Basketball season is coming up, so why don't you head on down to the Denver Chop House at 18th and Wine Coop. That's Wine Coop with a K. They got all sorts of steaks and burgers and even a delicious roast beef au jus. You know how we do. Come on in, have a beer, belly up to the bar, enjoy one of them house house craft beers. They love us, we love you. Enjoy the show. From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. Hey, what's everybody? What's up, everybody out there on the interwebs? Man, having some technical difficulties to start this thing. Uh, With me, as always, Ross Hipsters, Glasses Martin. Howdy, folks. Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. Where the West lives. On and on and on and on and on and on and on. Making his way down here all the way from Thornton. The king himself, Jeff Morton. What's up, everybody? Uh, nice to be with you here again today. And I was recently at the Chop House uh, for a nice lunch, and I had some very good food there. So. You go there about once a week. It seems like it. You have <laughs> good taste in restaurants. I do. Well, you know, I like the wine coop with a C. So. That's right, wine coop. That must have been how they spelled it back when Denver was founded. Well, that's what you're used to. Yeah, that's what I when when we came to the <laughs> junction of the of the rivers. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, the confluence. <laughs> yes, the confluence of Cherry Creek and the Platte South Platte River. Yep. Jeff was there. He was one of the founding fathers. I, I said, "Hark! It'll be wine coop with a C." So you were given the the uh, title of King of Thornton just because. Of your participation in the founding of Denver. Well, that's when Thornton was in Denver. And if you go right, through so, Thornton, right. you have to let Jeff know, or you could find yourself in there's, there's deep been, water. There's, you got to pay. You got to pay your There's way been through. repercussions. There's been repercussions. Pay the uh, king. Yep. Pay the freaking king. Yep. You know, uh, it should be noted we're at Jake's uh, Food and Spirits at 38th and Walnut. I, I love this place. I got to say, this is a great place. Yes, it is. I, I was noticing something on the wall in the bathroom. There's a there's some sort of a uh, like a promotion on Sundays. You can come down here and you can watch the Bronco game. And if the Broncos score a touchdown, then you get whatever player scored it. Your next PBR is that num- like jersey number. So 10 cents for an Emmanuel Sanders touchdown? Well, that's my question, Good right? Good thing there's because no number 100 on There's an example. <laughs> there's an example. Yeah, right? Yeah. That'd be a whole That'd dollar. That'd be an old, old dollar. I mean, who wants to pay There's that? There's an example that says Peyton Manning scores a touchdown. Your next PBR is 18 cents. So what happens if Peyton Manning gets a touchdown, but he throws it to Demarius Thomas? Is it 88 cents or is it 18 cents? I think it's 88 cents. See, 
Then so Peyton Manning has to run one in. Yeah. Yes, he did. Didn't he do also that against Dallas? So, yeah. yeah, he yeah. did. This the is Andy Feinstein's like. waiting nickel and dime you because he knows most <laughs> players that score touchdowns are going to be wide receivers. And I think typically, it's a, except for Manuel Sanders, have jersey numbers in the eighties. I think actually that's a nefarious plan of Jake Feinstein. Well, I did hear Jake Feinstein was the brains behind the operation. I, think, I, I believe so. I also want to talk to that. Jake about about getting field goals on there because I think nickel. You should get like half a PBR for a field What's goal. Prater's number is that what three? Brandon McManus says. <laughs> yeah, what is McManus like? Eight, number eight. Who knows? <laughs> no That's idea. Right. Nobody McManus. knows that. Uh, Nobody knows the answer to that. No one. If knows. you know the answer, tweet us. Colorado Sports Guys, C O L O Sports Guys. Tweet us the answer. You'll win nothing. <laughs> you win absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, guys. Should we? Uh, you know, we we did. We're now in the football season, so now we're are back doing our weekly. Gamblers on the Storm episodes every Thursday night. This one we do on Tuesday, and then we do Gamblers on the Storm every Thursday night. Should we recap what happened last week? No? Okay, then we won't. Let's move on. We don't really need to do that. What? Should we recap what happened on Gamblers on the Storm? No, we don't need to. I don't think so either. We'll probably just go over it quickly on... No, no, no. Get back together Thursday. There'll be no going over it. Okay, good. Because it was a goddamn fiasco. Yes, it was. Yeah, we'll go back over that Thursday. (laughs) We do the Gamblers on the Storm quickly, though. We're going to deny Nate the pleasure. But I will say this. I was happy to see the Denver Broncos won that game. I loved that game. I thought it was great. I guess really? you guys, did you guys watch it? I hated that game. You hated that game? I, like the I first hated half. the second half What happened? Why oh, were people saying oh. they were glad they saw like a close game? I was like, what? I mean, yeah. If, Maybe if they have good close uh, game. Andrew Luck on their fantasy football team like I do. Yeah. It was a perfect scenario for me. Broncos won, and Andrew Luck had a hell of a game. That is a good scenario to have happen for fantasy purposes. That's, yeah, that's really say, a perfect story. for fantasy purposes. But now that brings me to that's my George question. George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg, John C. Riley. That's the perfect storm. Yes, that's a great... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it brings me to my question that I want to pose to you guys at the, the start of this, this yes. Uh, episode. Yes. At what point now, where do you guys stand? Jeff, I know you're not involved in any fantasy sports. No, I am not. Nate, you, you do in fantasy football? Big time. Yeah. yeah. How many leagues are you in? One. One league. So this is a very good question for you because I'm in two leagues. But my question is, what is more important to you? The success of your fantasy team or the success of your the team you root for? Like the, I would assume it's the Denver Broncos. If the Broncos win the Super Bowl, I get nothing. If I win fantasy football, my wallet gets substantially fatter. So, so it's the fantasy team. The fantasy team trumps. So if you if you were in my shoes, like last weekend, where you have Andrew Luck as your starting quarterback, and he's going against the Broncos, are you rooting for Andrew Luck to have a great game, or are you rooting for the Broncos to win, assuming that you have to pick one or the other? You can't like what in my, you know. Divine circumstances, I I could have both happen. Like you needed Andrew Luck. Like say you're down 20 points and you're like, God, I need Luck to get 21 points. You know, but you know that's going to probably hurt the Broncos. But you know, if he's, it's not. It's not like you playing Andrew Luck is going to have any effect on how Andrew Luck's going to play. So play him. You know, you play your studs. I used to have a policy where I would never play any players against the Broncos because I didn't want to have that conflict of interest. But now I'm more mature. Now I don't care as much about the Denver Broncos because, frankly, like you said, it's not paying your bills. Yeah. And if you stake your entire year, you stake your family's Christmas on winning fantasy football like I do, yep. which is why there's been have been no presents for the past 15 years that Correct. I've been involved in. That's why we're down at the, the shelter getting you know the prepackaged 
<laughs> toys. Yes. But now I'm with you. Now I'm focusing on the success of my team. Broncos be damned. So you're both basically saying you both do not garner any sort of psychic benefits from uh, rooting for the Broncos. You do, do not live vicariously. You mean the Broncos don't gain any psychic benefits from me rooting for them? You don't, have, you don't live vicariously through them anymore. Well, I, did, I, I was watching the Cowboys 49ers game with uh, two friends. One guy was a Cowboys fan. One guy was a Niners fan. And my Niners fan friend is just a lunatic. I mean... During, like every play, like if somebody scores, he's jumping up and yelling and screaming. If something goes wrong, he's throwing stuff, yelling, throws his hat. And I used to be that way. Yeah, when you were like 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Well, when 15, I was 29. Okay. I used to be that way. Yeah. Now, I'm, now I'm like, you know, I don't care. What will be, will be. Que sera, sera. Yeah, no, I mean, I still get mad every once in a while, but then I kind of think, come on, dude, don't get, don't get mad. Are like, you guys going to do any fantasy basketball? No. Yeah, it's horrible, isn't it? I will not do fantasy this. football. I don't like is, fantasy is sports sport. in general. So I mean, it's, you know. fantasy football is pretty fantastic. Yeah, it's, they, it makes you it's interested in all the games that you wouldn't normally care about, and uh, it's very it's made me compact. a more knowledgeable it, football fan. Absolutely, at least from the standpoint of knowing players. Yeah, I wouldn't even know who Andrew Luck was. Yeah, I would I have, have no, clue. no idea team. who Andrew Luck is. <laughs> I would have no so that's idea. good. No, it's, no, it's not for me. That's but good. You guys, so, I'm glad that you guys have something in your lives that fulfills you that way, though. So, that and booze. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yep. For me, it's trying to play basketball like I once did oh. at a very you're mediocre not, level. You're not schooling people down at the rec yard. Very, you should switch to <laughs> racquetball. Switch to racquetball. That's an old. I like. I like racquetball. Racquetball is the best sport. Anybody? Dude, basketball is an old man sport. Anybody who wants to challenge me at racquetball. Where are you going to be? Uh, yeah, Where just can they find tweet you? Tweet me at High Roscoe. Look. I will come to any rec center do, in the do Denver the ha- metro area. Do the hashtag, get at me. Get at me. <laughs> get at me. If you want to challenge me to racquetball, you'll look at me and you'll say, oh, you're big and slow, but I'm deceiving. Yeah. Are you like I'm Calvin nimble. Johnson? You have like I'm a nimble. garage door size area that <laughs> you can get to? I would say <laughs> I am almost exactly like Calvin Johnson in every way imaginable. Wow. Yes. Nice. Calvin quite, Johnson quite the boast. are virtually indiscernible if you put me right next to Calvin Johnson. So you're the Calvin Johnson of racquetball. Uh, and podcasting. And podcasting. I would actually say that Calvin Johnson is the Ross Martin of football. D- thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Some took the words right out of Bob Costas' mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bob Costas, is that little guy still around? Oh yeah, yeah. You guys he remember when his eye herpes just fine from the Olympics, which was the last time I saw him. Yeah, remember when Bob Costas used to have a late night show? But that's how <laughs> far sure I go back. You do. I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you remember that. Old Costas. <laughs> remember when he interviewed Paul McCartney? <laughs> With Bob Costas, and this was Bob Costas' uh, school paper, high school paper job that he worked for. Yes. Jeff remembers reading all those articles. I, I remember everything about everybody. <laughs> That's pretty good. Good deal. Well, I, I trust you guys had a good week. Uh, mine was uh, crepuscular. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I think that was his intent, frankly, Nate. Did you dumb it down a shade? <laughs> How about you, Nate? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a good week. Yeah, not a bad week. I got in some hoops, got in uh, some gym time. So every time we see, saw every, my friends, every time we see Nate, though, he's, he's got some other ailment he's complaining about. Like, oh God, I can't do that like I used to anymore. <laughs> my sciatic nerve's been a mess since 2010. Still haven't fixed that thing. You should probably get on that. That's what sounds like a crepuscular problem. Crepuscular. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I wish I had my computer here. I have to <laughs> I'm gonna look that up. 
I'm going to type that into my uh, note-taking app. Crepuscular. Is that with a K? K-E-R. I have no idea. It's a word I heard on Archer. C-U-L. Speaking of overrated animated TV shows, you guys have been watching BoJack Horseman. Did we ever talk about that last week? No idea. Not actually. You've been asking me for a couple weeks if I've watched that. It's crepuscular. Crepuscular. Yeah. It's it's crepuscular in an equine way. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Good deal, guys. Well, uh, that'll do it for the show. Be Nate, sure to visit the Nate Denver Chop House. completely checked out. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, Googling, he's Googling crepuscular. Well, I need to... It's <laughs> crepuscular with a K or with a C? We need to get, us some, we need to get us some headlines and whatnot. I gotta, I'm going to text one of our writers to see if he'll put up a story on Denver Stiffs for us real fast. All right. For a headline that we're going to get into in the next segment. Well, let's just get into that right now. All right, let's do it. Hey, are you guys talking uh, blog shop over there? We guys quit talking about blogs. All right, let's get into this. Uh, I believe this is breaking news. That's it's, probably what this is at, right as we're recording. Right this will now, be right? uh, seen on Denver Stiffs in moments, probably. Um, the the great Chauncey Billups has passed away. What? What? No, I I think he retired. Oh, yeah. Well, I should. Is that is that code for passing away? No, no. I thought he died. <laughs> wow. I was. I thought we were going to start out the podcast on a somber note. <laughs> well, you know, depending on your point. So of good view. news, everybody. Chauncey <laughs> Billups is still alive. Hell yeah! Yes, yes. love that guy. Woo. Chauncey Billups. Okay, Chauncey Billups retiring. Well, gave uh, us, has he, retired. His second stint was full of uh, competitive basketball. A 17-year NBA career. I just saw on Twitter in year 13 with the Nuggets, he averaged 19 and a half points a game. Chauncey Bills played for 17 years. Yeah. That's a long time. How did, long did Kareem play? 18 years? I don't know. And that at the time was like eight years longer than anybody else. Well, the last. Played. When did Chauncey come guys. in? 96 draft? 97. Same as Duncan? 97? Yep. 97. Uh, the famously the Boston Celtics tanked the season in order to get uh, Tim Duncan and ended up with the third pick and they picked Chauncey Billups and Rick Pitino hated him. <laughs> Stupid Rick Pitino. <laughs> he they traded Chauncey Billups halfway through his rookie season. I think it's important that, that we acknowledge what a great sportsman for the city of Denver and yeah. the, the region and the state of Colorado Chauncey Billups was. Yep. He was uh, the, one of the first guys that that played college basketball in the state at a high level, like yep. a, a nationally known guy. He was a hometown hero. I've heard some rumors about him not wanting to actually go to CU. He actually wanted to go to Kansas or something like Kansas. that. Kansas. But, but the, the fact remains is that Chauncey Billups was one of the few guys that played high school, played college, and played pro here. And This is true. And that should be, you know, that he should be. I know, I know he's in the Colorado Hall of Fame. I mean, he went, but as he, a member of the Buffs, they went to the tournament, beat Bobby Knight's Indiana Hoosiers. I mean, that was huge. It was huge at the time. Oh yeah, it was. It was the first time CU had won a tournament game in ages. Yeah, you know? and 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 it's just every time we start talking about how the Denver Nuggets have gone wrong over the years and what's happened, I always go back to them getting rid of him twice, and I, I just like what a major, just horrible mistake it was both times and the first time i guess you know the way it worked out it worked i mean chauncey became who he was because he went to the timberwolves and got that mentoring and became the guy and 
Detroit gave him that chance. He was on a perfect team there for He was an MVP for the finals, right? Yeah. Beat the yeah. Lakers, the heavily favored I mean, Lakers. Yep. Carl Malone, Gary Payton were on that team. To think Shaq, about Kobe. It was crazy. We had a hometown guy who would become the NBA finals MVP, and he didn't do it in Denver. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. Well, you that know. sucks, man. That sucks. But and, the, and damn the Nuggets for getting rid of him twice. But the, the, twice. But the, great, the great thing about Chauncey, though, is he never left Denver. You know, in, in a sense that, you know, all these players will, you know, you grow up in a certain area, but you ended up settling, like, in Atlanta or something like that. You know, some other city. And Chauncey has always lived in Denver. He he lives here in the off season, has his entire career. And I think that... That's one of the best parts of Chauncey is that he never forgot Denver. He didn't didn't just go away and and not bring bring it back to the community, as they say. And I think that was one of the best parts about him. And I think he could be, you know, if things had broken a different way, he could have been a long term Denver Nugget. He should if have circumstances been. were different. Been. And yeah. I tell you what, it would have made it a lot easier to put up with. You know, like you look at Todd Helton, who wasn't from here, but he came here, young guy, played for the Rockies, you know, for 17 years. Having him there sold tickets, held loyalty, gave people a reason to be loyal to the team. Chauncey Phillips could have been that guy, and we wouldn't have had all this upheaval and all this crazy shit going on with the Nuggets all these years if you'd had just that one guy there. And not to mention the fact that a lot of the Nuggets teams, the good Nuggets teams in recent past, could have benefited from having Chauncey's just... Uh, just the old man there that also can play. You know what I mean? Like he's always been kind of like a he could have been a mentor to guys. You know? And I, I mean, I thought about it a lot at the time he was traded to the Knicks. You know, I, I convinced myself that it was the right basketball move, and you can't have these sentimental tie-ins because you're trying to win games. And this was the best move. Ty Lawson was the up-and-coming guy, and now I'm like, I think it was a huge mistake to trade Chauncey Billups in that Carmelo deal. That Kroenke Kool-Aid, man. They traded a that lot of salary in that. You know, they, they got rid of a lot of salary that he had, but, you know, Jeff has said it for years. I mean, Chauncey is the ambassador of basketball for Denver. I've said it, too. And you mimic Jeff in saying that. <laughs> you know, but it's just, it would it was a mistake way, to let him know. Chauncey with a C-H, not a K-H. Jeff sometimes confuses that. Don't be crepuscular. <laughs> I know how to spell <laughs> Chauncey's name. I mean, Chauncey was, I mean, he was the guy, right? I mean, he, I always have a, a funny kinship because they call him the king of Park Hill. You know, my grandma's lived I thought lived they called him the thrill from Park Hill. His tattoo says the king of Park Hill, so oh. I'm going to go with that. Much like I'm the king of Thornton, and I have a tattoo on my uh, inner thigh. Yes. <laughs> Started out the thing of Thornton. Yeah, but my, I mean, my grandma's lived in Park Hill since she moved to the U.S. from Canada, you know, back in the in the sixties, and <laughs> so I've always felt that like kind of a connection to him. Like, hey, Park Hill, that's where I spent. <laughs> My grandma moved here from Canada in the sixties. <laughs> was there some sort of war that Canada was involved in in the sixties that she had to, had get, to flee. get to the United States flee, to dodge, flee into the, dodge United. the Canadian draft? <laughs> they did have two of their houses burnt down. So after it burnt down the second time, they got the hell out of there. Yes. But well, they were using those uh, maple syrup uh, uh, fueled heating elements. I think. Those yeah. things can get out of control. And I remember, I remember getting to see him play once. I think they played Mullen or something. Some at some point in time, I saw him play when he was at George Washington, and yeah. it was like, you know, it was cool to look back on that and just to think, like you were saying, this guy's a Finals MVP. And you know, the next step is where is he going to land? He's he's made it known that he doesn't really want to coach. He wants to work in a front office. 
and are are the Nuggets going to be able to find a role for him here? And what role could that be? Because the front office here is pretty tight, but do they have room for more? Why would Chauncey Billups even consider it? Yeah, very much so. He's met with Josh Kroenke. He's met with Tim Conley. I'd be like, they've had off, conversations guys. about something. Yeah, listen. I mean, I guess Tim that, that would be the best move and Josh Kroenke were not involved in him going away, right? I mean, they weren't even there. PR-wise. Right? Yeah. Right. Well, no, Josh well, Kroenke yeah, was. Josh was. Yeah, Josh was very involved he was in the trade. the owner? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, no, he was. I I was him and Masai staying. were heavily involved in the trade. Oh, it was. Of but, Carmelo. I mean, Chauncey, one of the best moves the Nuggets could make, just in a PR sense, is that they could bring in Chauncey, you know. Be, in some capacity. And that would know, be like, that oh, just like the Avalanche brought in Sackick and uh, yeah. the Broncos brought in Elway. Is that what the thing is? But, I mean, yeah. what, is, what does Sackick Chauncey want to do? You know, does he want to be, you know, kind of a, a good title and just kind of a job where he's, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies? Or does he want to be, you know, Tim Conley? Does he want to be a guy that's involved in, you know, drafting guys and making trades? Does he want to run his own show? Does he want to be part of a show? I mean, he's got... He's got some decisions to make because if he comes to Denver, I mean, they're not just going to fire Conley and hire John C. Billups and give him the GM job, but is that what he's going to want to do? I mean, do you want to – if he's here, is that going to put think, the, time wa- the stopwatch on Tim Conley's job? I mean – I would think that John C. Billups probably doesn't have the, the skills to do a Tim Conley-type job, frankly. Well, I would consider him more to be more like a on-court type or player personnel type guy. He he doesn't have the experience being in a you know a general manager or in that type of role. I'm I'm talking about more like player development that type of thing. I think that he would be better suited for him. Like start there and then build into it. Cause, I mean, you've seen like you said, Elway's doing it. Sackick has a part in it. Patrick Waugh has a part in it. I mean, former players Joe Dumars, a guy that brought Chauncey in. Well, you, and it took Elway a few years to get the GM title. Right. You know. So yeah, you exactly. work into it. Exactly. Like Chauncey coming in. Something more with like the development of the players they have, not necessarily with deciding who's on the roster. That well, type of thing. Well, make no mistake, having Chauncey aboard would be a help in a sense that it gives the Nuggets a little air of, I wouldn't say credibility, but I would say it gives them a little more gravitas with some NBA players that they wouldn't normally have. But I'm not saying it would make a huge difference, to be quite honest with you. Probably not. But Chauncey is, as we've discussed, is the best "Quote unquote bat ambassador for the city of Denver." You know, let's just forget about any all the basketball stuff. Having a respected potential Hall of Fame basketball player from Denver who still lives here is very good, a very good asset for the city. And as far as I would say, free agency and is, stuff. Is like Chauncey that. a Hall of Fame guy? Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah. Finals MVP, multiple All Stars. But you have to look at something else. Like, I mean, so he played in Detroit. There's a, a huge talent of, of basketball comes from the Midwest and people that saw, you know, kids that saw Chauncey play and probably look up to him. And I, I just wonder how he is, you know, behind closed doors, like how he is as a, as a conversationalist. And, you know, do guys look up to him? Would he really be able, like they say John Elway wooed Peyton Manning. Could, you know, could Billups do that sort of thing for Denver? I mean, it, I think it's definitely worth be, a shot. Well, that would be John Elway and Peyton Manning's uh, combined and shared love for – Women and scotch, I think, was probably what that was. <laughs> right. <laughs> they were just uh, two sides of the same coin, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it depends on what Chauncey's into, you know? Right. I mean, tell you what, you put anybody on a plane with Elway, a private jet to anywhere, 
You're going wherever Elway wants to go for life. <laughs> you follow Elway, <laughs> and he's like, "There's this. I, I, I'm married to this Raiders cheerleader, right? So you follow me over here, and I'll introduce and you to some more cheerleaders. He goes, yeah, he goes, uh, I'm married to this uh, Raiders cheerleader, and where we're going, she won't be within 1,000 miles. <laughs> and actors are kind of the same way. That old ass. <laughs> You're talking about following guys. Actors are the same way, right? Like if George Clooney's in a movie, at some point in time, I will watch that movie just because of Clooney. Oh, there's a, I think there's a movie coming out with him in it that I want to see. Oh, no, Ben Affleck. Gone Girl. That oh yeah, I saw that. It looks good. David Fincher. David yep. freaking Fincher. Yeah, I am in. David Fincher can't make a bad movie. Yep. <laughs> but so, I mean, that's that's where Chauncey would fit in, though. You got so now we're talking about David Fincher, right? David Fincher. Oh, yeah. David yeah, Fincher. Let's rank David Fincher movies. It's very <laughs> crepuscular. But I mean, here you have. I mean, you have. <laughs> that's some weird gay slang. I'm going to be pissed off. <laughs> you have Tim Conley here. You have our tourist Karen Sovis. You have Jarrett Jeffries. You know, does Chauncey Phillips fit into the picture here? I think you can find a spot for him. I think so. I mean, oh, listen, come on. it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a no-brainer uh, if you're Tim Connolly. The, the city of, okay, let me tell you something. The city of Denver would love it. They would go nuts over that How sort cool of would it be to see Chauncey out on the practice floor helping, helping guys out? That's what I'm saying he could do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you know Tim Connolly ain't showing guys how to do, like, three-point shots, you know. He's not out there showing guys how to. Oh, it's Brian Shaw's. I've job. seen him shoot. Well, what I'm saying that is, coach. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Chauncey Billups isn't going to be a Tim Connolly guy. He's going to be more of a on-court player development that type of guy. I've seen Connolly shoot, and he shoots about as well as I do. Oh, uh, so pretty good. You're saying? Ooh, Jeff better hope that one uh, nobody from the Nuggets listens to this podcast. <laughs> Got a challenge coming on. <laughs> Does he use two hand over like overhand shot like? Yeah, you, know, you see guys that, that would really increase his chances the of making set it. Shot? Yeah. Well, not the set shot. Like you know, usually you have one hand up that's supporting the ball, and then it's usually the wrist and motion of that one hand, and then the other hand is there just to support the ball, right? Yeah. But the guys that don't really know how to play, they use both hands and kind of flap at it. Yeah, you, know? you know what I'm talking about? Like mm-hmm. like a doggy paddle, but you know, it's like the doggy paddle like the version. Set shot. Yeah. yeah. A set shot is not. You mean you use two hands to flick yeah. it? It's almost like you're a volleyball set, right? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it would be like a volleyball set shot. But no, a set shot is just a regular shot. It's just from a standing position. Disagree. Agree Fool. to disagree. <laughs> hey, it's coming from the guy, Nate Timmons. I don't know if you were ever first team all school nope. like I was. Not even close. Yeah, Never. first team all school, Jeff. Have first I ever talked to you guys school. about that? Started. For I, got, I, have, I have the basketball pedigree. I got made fun of by... Chris Dempsey for my shot. So <laughs> something tells me Chris Dempsey has a pretty good shot. I don't know. He, I don't Never think he shot. It. I I just grabbed the ball from Connolly on the practice court and I'm like, what's this? It? Were you like cookies? Yeah, and I was like, look at this, and I completely missed the hoop. <laughs> it's like, all right, here's the, I see where this is going. God's Old drunk. If Jeff there's again. a god up there, he's saying no. Old Jeff, Old Jeff, <laughs> Jeff is getting drunk before going to work again. <laughs> He's hitting the sauce again. All right, let's move on to more important things. Right. More headlines. Chauncey, right. we love you. Great career. Yeah, yep. Chauncey, great career. Congratulations really on retirement. Hope to see you in Denver. Around town. Maybe at Jake's. Maybe at Jake's mm, food. Get to Jake's, yeah. I think uh, I've heard he's been up here before. Every Tuesday. At least Al Harrington's been up here. Yeah, we're not Harrington's far from his old neighborhood. Yeah. Maybe he still lives here. Kind of doubt it, though. Um, new uh, headline here. Okay. Uh, do you guys know, uh, are you familiar with uh, a person named Janae Rice? I am. You are? 
Yes. Everyone okay. is, I think. Okay. Well, see, because the way I see it is more people are familiar with Ray Rice, but not so concerned with the feelings and the thoughts of Janae Rice, who is, of course, his wife. Janae Rice defended her husband in a, uh, an Instagram post today. Yes, she did. Did you guys see this? I did. Do you guys I have did, any thoughts? Yes. Uh, my thoughts whoa, are... Whoa, don't all speak at once. <laughs> my thoughts are similar vacillating Do you have a between, summary of what she said? Yeah. To help people out? Well... He doesn't. I don't. But, but basically, <laughs> here's what she said. Here's what she said. She basically said, listen, everybody, this is our life. It's a private matter. Uh, why are you guys thrusting us into the spotlight here? We've been over this. We've moved on. And, and the media... And, and what she means by the media is, is not just the media. It's not just... Um, you know, the big sports networks or the news networks. It's everybody. Everybody out here talking about her, talking about Ray Rice, and she's saying, why don't you leave us alone? You guys don't understand. You've heard us so much. We're trying to move on. It's going to take her a few days up. to even be able to go anywhere, probably, without having people approach her or look at her or something. Well, right? The last time we talked about this was, was just a couple weeks ago. I was trying to speak from her point of view and saying, you know what? I don't understand what suspending Ray Rice does for her. She was the victim in this whole thing, and everybody is all up in arms that the NFL is not suspending him more or doing what they did today, which was basically kick him out of the league, de facto. I mean, he's been cut by the Ravens. He's, he's a been pariah, suspended yeah, indefinitely. So, yeah. He is now, for all intents and purposes, out of the league. And my point a couple of weeks ago was that how does any of this help Janae Rice? who was the only victim to Ray Rice's treachery, right? Yet now everybody seems to be thinking that they are now defending her by saying that Ray Rice should be kicked out of the league, he should be a pariah, which is now what he's become. And now we see Janae Rice's statement today that this has hurt her as much as it hurts Ray Rice or more. And it is a mob mentality that everybody is all up in arms and all I'm saying is, if everybody had just looked at it from you know, her point of view, if they had put themselves in her shoes instead of everybody's own self-righteous, sanctimonious way they look at things, then they probably would have said, you know what, maybe kicking Ray Rice or eliminating him from the NFL wasn't the best thing for her. And I think that we saw that today, that that's exactly what she thinks. And uh, so that's my position on it. And my position hasn't changed. My thoughts are if the NFL handled this the right way from the beginning, there would have been no kicking out of the league. But what do you mean by that? They should have suspended him for the season? No. You know, say like they had that new quote-unquote policy that they instituted after they got the backlash for the two games, which was six games for the first defense year for the uh, or potential kick out of the league for the second one, right? Um, if the If the... And the NFL had just said, you know what we're going to do is that we're going to give you a lengthy suspension. If other additional facts come to light like they normally do, we will reduce the suspension. But they went in reverse and had to, and basically went from one extreme to the other. They went from too light to potentially too much. Now, I, I'm not going to make a judgment on what Ray Rice did. I'm saying speaking directly as a, you know, financially in football, that is what they did, and they overcorrected because they are covering their asses at this point. It is so. pretty laughable the way the NFL has handled it in that they have proven themselves to be literally at the whim of the mob. 
the mob mentality will shift them one way or the other, and not only decisively at a certain point, but they will waver and change later. And the NFL has proven them that wholeheartedly. Hasn't I mean? NBA is almost the same way. I mean, with the Donald Sterling thing, they came out and kicked him right out and said, this guy's out of here. He's gone because people are so up in arms about it. I mean, mob mentality rules, right? <laughs> I mean, well, it does, but yeah. in this case, I find, it, I find it so hypocritical that the people that have been... Like, it's very easy to sit there and say, it's never okay to hit a woman. It is never okay for to do what Ray Rice did. Ray Rice is a scumbag. He is a piece of shit, and he needs to be gone. It's very easy to say that, but if you take a step back and say, well, wait a minute, Janae Rice was the only victim there in that elevator, and at some point, you have to take into consideration what the victim says, and if the victim says, you know, I, I, this isn't any of your business, let us handle it, and beyond that, if you suspend Ray Rice or you take away his income, you take away my income, you take away our family's income then you're just re-victimizing her. And well, now she is at the center of this whole thing when she probably never wanted to. She probably never deserved to be. And, and I just find it to be very hypocritical the way most people have jumped on this bandwagon and raised their pitchforks and said, let's get Ray Rice out because we're defending Janae Rice, even though Janae Rice wants nothing to do with this punishment. Well, in a, in a, in a, in a weird way, the, it's moved, it's... it's the discussion, I guess, within the, the, the what's been going on has moved. It's moved away from basically even Ray Rice, and it's moved into the basically what I was saying before the the, the way they, the NFL handled it. But as far as Janae goes, I'm not going to to speak to her feelings because I'm not in that position. But we saw but her what I will by what say. Said today. What I will say is there's three separate issues going on. And all of them are true at the same time. Janae Rice is upset for many very, very valid reasons from her own point of view. Ray Rice is a piece of crap. And the NFL handled it poorly. All of these things are true at the same time. And all of them affect something different, someone different. And within that frame of mind, you have all these divergent, basically interests, when you're talking about separate interests going on, Whatever's happening with Ray Rice, whatever contrition he holds, whatever all that stuff is indicative to him and only him. And then you move to Janae Rice, who is the victim, and her interests and her whatever way she looks at it and the way she approaches this is completely even separate from Ray Rice. And then you got the whole cluster, you know what, from the NFL, which has basically compounded the problem. Cluster uh, Kerpuscular. Uh, has has basically compounded this whole problem by the horrifically bad way they've handled it. So, I mean... Because I, in the minds of some people, Ray Rice is not the abuser of Janae Rice. He is the abuser of all women, and he is all the abusers in the country. Yep. And Janae Rice is not the victim of Ray Rice, but she represents all the victims all of domestic abuse yeah. in the entire and the world. the NFL represents and all the NFL enablers. represents, yeah, yeah. everybody. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if you're looking at it from that point of view, fine. But the fact of the matter is is that these were two people. They ended up getting married anyway. At what point does the victim not get to step in and say, enough is enough, I'm the victim here, you know? That's, that's just, a complicated question because this happens in everyday life. I mean, this is not a, just just a Janae Rice thing. Well, know? I was reading... Well, it, is a, it is interesting that... She, 
that they got married afterwards and, you know, people want to make excuses for why it happened so she wouldn't have to testify against him. I don't think that's why people get married. I think there's got to be some and kind of way, love there. I don't even there, think but, that's true. But I, 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 testifying I, against your husband. Yeah, I don't know if that's – I don't know what the deal is with that. But <laughs> what I've wondered about is, you know – you know, has this happened before with them? Has this happened since that has happened? Have they had you know any kind of physical altercations? You know, why would she continue to be there if she is? And I just wondered why would she stick up for him if things aren't getting better? Maybe they can get better. Maybe the two of them can you know live happily ever after. And maybe he's learned something from this or will learn something from this at some point. It sounds like from his statement he hadn't learned much. But I just I don't know. I don't I don't think that like Ross. I, I think kind of what you're saying is we shouldn't all rush to judge this as a you know as a black and white issue when there's i don't know it to me it's it's a kind of a confusing issue and it's i don't really know what the right thing is or what the wrong thing is but i definitely didn't mind seeing the ravens domestic abuse caught on tape i mean how often does that happen it's always behind closed doors and this wasn't behind closed doors in an elevator but it just happened to be in atlantic city where they film things in the elevator. Well, so, in every casino. Yeah, every casino. I think a yeah, lot so, of elevators probably have security cameras. Well, I, I, especially yeah. casinos. Well, right? and, you know, and you, you, you have uh, Ray McDonald, I believe is his name, uh, for the uh, San Francisco 49ers up on charges for domestic abuse right now. Yeah, think about think about other guys. Think well, about we dealt uh, with it here with uh, Ty Lawson had a domestic issue. Patrick right. Waz had Pat, one. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's been many of John this Elway's town. son. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. At, at what point? I mean, there there is. I mean, if, if Ty Lawson's incident was caught on tape, would we be calling for the Nuggets to release him and for the NBA to banish him for life? That's a good point. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's interesting, right? You know, I mean, it does ripping a door off the hinges, you know, equate to punching her in the face. I mean, he hit her pretty good, but, I mean, it's not the same thing. But you're right. At what point do we say, this is like their business? This is, and, and, and you know, we are affecting people. And, and again, I keep going back to Janae Rice being the victim. Victimized by Ray Rice, now victimized by the mob. Which is going to do her more damage, well, frankly? And kind of what I, I, I know someone that's kind of been going through some domestic abuse stuff and it sounds like she's continuing to be victimized by the results of charges being pressed against a man, you know, like he's, he's going to be going to jail. And while this guy's in jail, he doesn't have to pay child support or alimony and stuff like that. And by the way, he lost his job. So who knows what she's going to be getting from him and that, but she was a stay at home mom, you know? So it's like, what in the world? Like, well, it seems asking, really messed up. Well, I, we're asking a lot of the NFL stuff. to, like, solve the problems that are deeply ingrained in our society. And you think Roger Goodell is up for that? <laughs> right. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, this guy is not the brightest bear in the woods. Well, yeah, and, and that goes to what people have been talking about. He shouldn't about be mostly. asked to do that, by the way. That, we, well, he asked for that, that, but that's the problem. Well, the, if, uh, if, if Roger Goodell didn't appoint himself judge, jury, and executioner, they wouldn't be going after Roger see, Goodell then, right yeah. now. And then They'd be going to, after Roger When did they see the tape? And that's a whole other issue. see the tape? Right? Like, who cares? Roger yeah. Goodell elected himself to this point. So obviously he, the person getting the heat is the person who made this decision, you know? And, yeah, and Roger Goodell, like Jeff says, is he wants to – you know, levy all these suspensions and change the game and change everything and do this and do that. And I don't know. The NFL is screwed up, man. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is screwed up. And that's basically it. Roger Gale's getting deserved heat, from my, my opinion, because that's the point. That's the position he chose for himself. 
That's okay. what. That's, I mean, that's you know he's the he's the guy that said, "Let it be me," and therefore, it's on him. These are these are the issues. That's true. And I mean, by the way, he's doing just fine. The NFL is as popular as it's ever been. Well, you could put Howdy Doody back there in the NFL. <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> that's, that's probably true. It is one of those situations where the NFL just says, just don't mess it NFL, up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to really screw yeah. the NFL. What do you guys think about the way that this has kind of been covered? I mean, ESPN's kind of out in front of everything, or at least the most popular place where people are going to, to watch some of this stuff. And you know, I remember during the game last night, I think at halftime of the Giants-Lions game, they actually showed the tape. Did they really? And it was like, I can't believe I, I was surprised that they showed it on TV. They shouldn't have I, done that Not while children are watching. They don't need to see that. Yeah, I mean, it, it should have been people's choices if they wanted to see it, I think. But I don't know. I, I just think ESPN has, has covered it in a weird way. I saw Mark Schlereth was teared up and kind of choking back tears as he was talking about it today. You saw Ray Lewis talk about it. Steve Young. like Ray Lewis. Yeah. And <laughs> Ray Lewis, Ray Lewis talking about being a mentor. He's going to continue to be a mentor to Ray Rice. God, Ray Lewis. The fact that anybody gives that guy a microphone, well, you have to question the judgment. There's, a, there's not a lot of race. people who are are as un, not self-aware of themselves as Ray Lewis is. <laughs> yeah, and he, yeah, Ray Lewis. It's weird hearing. Yeah, it's like, dude, you know you know you're up for double murder charges, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> Like no one cares that what you have to say about because he was trying to tie it into his own situation where he saw his mom get beat up and I'm sure, like I was doing, I was like this murderer is trying to <laughs> murder. I don't know if he killed people or not, but whatever happened, it's like I don't want to hear Ray Rice trying to give life advice about stuff. <laughs> Ray, Lewis. Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis. Or Ray, Ray Rice. Rice. Either one. <laughs> Take your pick. <laughs> Take your pick. Let's see here. I got another headline here. LeSean? Quickly, quickly. Yeah. Should Ray Go Rice? Ahead. If the Broncos signed Ray Rice next season, would you guys be pissed off at the Broncos, well, or would you think second chances are second chances? You know my opinion on running backs. <laughs> Dime with us. <laughs> Dime with us. Face, face in the crowd for Ross Martin. Just well, that's the, that's the, the thing. The you know, he's Ray Rice is 27 <laughs> years old. That's getting up there in running back years. You're, you're almost done at 30 in most cases now. Yeah. So the fact that he may not get a second chance because simply because he may not demand it. Well, actually I'm I'm surprised there hasn't been more just general incident incidents of things like this caught on tape to be honest with you with with players. I mean I'm I'm actually sure we very might surprised see more in the future. I'm very I'm very surprised that it hasn't well, happened. Well, that is interesting and and what everything is kind of been the only thing that's really been sorted out in all this is that it's not that it's that bad, according to the NFL, or according to society in general. It's not that bad to knock your fiancé out unconscious with a left hook. It's bad to do it on video. Yeah. That's what, that's what we've proven the most of. I think and, and that's, again, back to this absurdity of the mob mentality, in that this gives people something to see, but... I was reading Benjamin Hockman's article in the Denver Post. One more? Yeah. I was reading Benjamin Hockman's article in the Denver Post, and he was talking about, you know, how many, I think the article was, there are Ray Rice's in our community, or Ray Rice's next door, or something like that. And he was talking about all the domestic violence stuff that happened in one day, and it was like 964 incidences just in Denver, or something like that. And that's the bottom line, is that this is not a problem with the NFL, it's not a problem with 
Yeah. The Ravens. It's a problem it's a across the board. Well, it's a societal problem. It's like whatever yeah. whatever judgment gets passed down, it's not going to solve anything. Right? Well, it, it, it right? doesn't you, solve you anything. Cannot, like, it's ar- not you gonna, cannot arbitrate. It's not going to stop Ray domestic violence. You problem. cannot arbitrate through sports. You cannot solve life's problems through pointing out this famous person because people don't look at it as reality anyway. People don't look at an athlete and think it's reality. That's why they're okay with people getting concussions and stuff like that and basically turning their brains to jelly it's because they don't identify these people as real and that's part of it that's you're never going to arbitrate or you're never going to get a a solution through an athlete or a famous person because an average person doesn't look at that person as an an actual person they're they're an object on the tv you know and that's you're never going to solve anything that way so that settles it. Yep. Nothing has been solved. Nothing is solved. The world keeps going round and round. Round and round we go. Pimpin's been going on and, since uh, the beginning of time, and it's going to keep spinning right round with it. <laughs> is that Sam Elliott? <laughs> Beef. It's what's for dinner. <laughs> Beef shish kebabs. Beef etouffee. All right. Four Here's six. a headline. LaShawn McCoy only tips 20 cents when he goes to restaurants. What? You guys heard uh, about this? Gosh. What? Well, Sean McCoy went to a... I think Jeff had an article up some hamburger the other place. day about uh, stereotypes. This might fall under that one. <laughs> I, got, I got his next. <laughs> I got his article next. Uh, here's my thing. I, I'm no fan of LaShawn McCoy ever since he said, no, Sean sucks. And I've been... Wait, he said that? Yeah, he's LaShawn McCoy was the guy who tweeted out, no, Sean sucks. Oh. After the... Tears that I think he shed, maybe. Are you serious? Oh, man. Yeah. You mean those but, forced tears that he was crying? So I never was really a fan <laughs> of LaShawn McCoy. Thank you. I was never a fan of uh, LaShawn McCoy, but then I read this uh, article, and there was a picture that somebody had put up of a, uh, a receipt, and LaShawn McCoy had only tipped 20 cents on a $63 tab. Wow. What do you guys think of this? I mean, he has a history of tipping this no, poorly. No, it's just happened. I mean, I'm sure he does it every time. That's well. It's never an there's there's never an excuse to tip that poorly. Never. Well, here's my thing. I'm an over tipper, Ross. I'm an over tipper myself. Yeah. But I can just tell that the type of person who would take a receipt and uh, tweet it out, take a picture of it and tweet it out, probably is a crappy waiter. Yeah, we don't know the reasons why he. Tips well, I'm just so saying. Well. I'm just saying. That 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 probably a crappy waiter. So you can't have one without the other. I'm guessing Lashawn McCoy drinks a lot of water. He probably didn't have his cup filled up that much. You know what we should do is get rid of the tipping culture in America and just have <laughs> crappy service, but waiters that don't have to depend on tips. This is back to you not liking the NFL because it's a true meritocracy. Is that? <laughs> it? There's nothing to do with that. So it's not McCoy a true meritocracy. You guys aren't interested in talking about LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy tipped badly once. Jeez. Well, it's just, I mean, that's... that's All right. It's, it's easy, it's easy along, to guys. say it's a, a, sh- a crappy thing to do. I'm saying it's not. I'm but at the same the time, it was a piece of shit. At the same time, that, you have that, no idea what engendered that service, you know, or what engendered that, uh, that tip. I'll tell you, you one know, thing, the waiters and, and waitresses here at uh, Jake's Food and Spirits are not shitty. They are fantastic. Very good. All right. The best. Nate is uh, texting somebody now. Nate, Nate is no longer paying attention to the Texting Mike Olson. He's on the Chauncey Billups story. Should be up shortly on Denver Stiffs. Actually, it'll be up by the time you're listening to this. <laughs> and then this will bump that one right to the bottom. Oh, yeah. All right. Here's another headline. Actually, it's more of a quote from one uh, Jeff Morton. 
<laughs> you wrote a nice stereotype uh, article. Did I? Yeah. That if I were to think of like a self-righteous, sanctimonious person, they would write a, a, an article just like this. Similar. Yeah. I, I only have one thing to say about this article. It's very good. Actually, two things. But, quote, Jeff Morton, quote. Never heard Ross say that we've written a bad article before. It is wrong when there are those who call all European players soft. It is wrong, Jeff says. He says it's wrong. What, what's, what's wrong with that statement? Because, because I, I don't know. You explain it. I mean, you're saying it's a stereotype? And all stereotypes are wrong. Well, no, I'm saying that that I'm saying that it's wrong to say that. I'm saying that that's. But a, this was an article that's about a stereotype. stereotype. It's a stereotype because it's people say that, but it's wrong. But it's but what if it's true? Well, how could that be true? Because it's not all. True. It is wrong when there are those who call all European players soft. It's wrong, but it's. Are you, are you saying you is it's wrong to say that because it's true, or it's wrong to say it because it's a well, stereotype? Let me put it to you this way, Ross. It made you think, didn't it? It made me think that you were playing some sort of mind game because it's certainly true that, you're, especially in basketball, European basketball players are soft. <laughs> softer. <laughs> like Ross always says. We don't need, see, we don't see, need I more project gonna, players. Yeah, yeah, see, we need players, players from, from the projects. projects. <laughs> <laughs> Are you suggesting that European players, especially in basketball, aren't softer? Have you, met, you, have you met Yusuf Nurkic yet? Yusuf Nurkic will play maybe five bear. games. Like, maybe, he, he, might be, he might be hard when it comes to like, like defending his town from genocide. <laughs> <laughs> but like on a basketball court... I'm guessing he's uh, flopping like a big old fish. Good lord! God, just stereotypes everywhere. <laughs> I was just rife with stereotypes. <laughs> Again, stereotypes. I think have uh, there's like they're used for grouping. <laughs> they, I've heard people say that they wouldn't be around if there wasn't some that were true, right? Well, maybe stereotypes are like stereotypes are supposed to be falsehoods now, and that they. I mean, I certainly true. can't dance. But, we'll say uh, that right now, but. If they're true, they're true. And Euro players are cream cheese. <laughs> You're whipped whipped cream cheese. Okay. Yeah, whipped cream cheese. Not the regular <laughs> cream cheese, which is sometimes pretty hard, I would have to say. Not the kind that, you know, not the kind that comes in the aluminum foil bricks, but like very the spreadable. Like the, the tub, yeah. like very the, spreadable. Like the yeah. Philly, Philly uh, you can spread cream it cheese. Right out of the fridge. <laughs> right out, you don't have to let it warm up at all. Just you know, take that knife and. I just thought it was interesting in this beautiful article you were writing about stereotypes and how they're wrong and all this stuff. You throw in this blatant falsehood about it's wrong well, when there are those who call all your. All right, we heard soft. it. What other headlines? <laughs> <you got? laughs> Nate's yeah. wanting you to move on. Apparently, I'm done. I'm okay if you I'm talk done. about me. I'm somebody. done <laughs> dancing for you guys. I'm done with headlines. That's headlines. You know what? Maybe I'll take a next week off from headlines. You guys can think of something to talk about. Those are good headlines. I quite enjoyed them. Good headlines. Ross, you even had Billups in there. I love Billups and basketball. Maybe rest in peace. Are you going to uh, Are you going to have our next segment of Nate Relates Everything to Basketball? Here? Oh, my God. I do have one. And I wrote. Uh, yes. All hang right, on one second. You want to take a break? Do you need to take a break? No. Okay. Cool. I, I Yeah. Hang on. Let me pull up my notes page here. I have it. I have it right here, Jeff. Great call. 
Jeff Smart. That is not a stereotype. (laughs) (laughs) All Jeffs are smart. All right, so uh, this got me thinking. I think it's absurd that you can, just because my name is Jeff, assume I'm smart. (laughs) So we we don't know anything about the NFL yet, right? We've had one week of football. We don't know too much about what's going down with these teams, who's good, who's bad. We got a tiny bit of a sense of something, but next, tell you next what, couple Kansas weeks, City Chiefs us. are bad. They are bad. That we know. They looked terrible. So in they the, looked atrocious. In the NBA, the Nuggets play in the <laughs> Jeff. What conference are they in? Uh, the Western Conference. And is that the better conference of the they play in two the, in the NBA? They play in the elite conference. Yes, in the elite conference. So I'm hearing people talking about how the Broncos in the AFC might be in the weaker of the two conferences. Who are the power teams in the AFC? And isn't it going to be weird for us rooting for a team in a crappy conference? Because we're used to rooting well, for the Nuggets let's see. in a great conference. Would you say, That's a good question. Would you say who's the powers in the AFC? Still New England and Denver? Well, Patriots lost. Oh, yeah, they Miami. didn't look great. They didn't, they didn't look good. lose. They look good. They got thumped. They no shot. 134 good. yards and a touchdown. The Colts? Are they the other good team? Well, they looked the, all right. I mean, they to were me. down twenty-four yeah. to nothing yeah. and a half. Made some adjustments. Well, Maybe the Broncos took the pedal uh, yeah, off the gas. The nut- but they were also in the home turf of the one of the best teams. But the, I mean, two, the, the Colts. Three. The Colts are not yet an elite team. They might be on their way there. They might be there at the end of the year. But right now, no, they're not. I can't. They're think, not a Super Bowl team. I can't think of many elite AFC teams besides the Broncos. It was a weird. Day though, I mean, teams lost that you would not have. Yeah, well, it's week one. You really can't tell until about week four. But when you think when you think AFC, what teams do you think are going to be there at the end? It's going to be Denver. It's going to be the Patriots. Maybe Colts. I think the Colts. Maybe I think the Colts. Colts Colts are are going to be in the picture. And then you think of the NFC. Steelers looked pretty good. Steelers looked okay. They look kind of healthy again. But then you look over at the NFC and it's like, wow, they got some high powered teams. The the Seahawks, Saints, Falcons. Falcons, Packers, Seahawks, Falcons. No, 49ers. Falcons. 49ers suck. Falcons suck. <laughs> Seahawks are good. Lions. I mean, the Lions, Lions are pretty feisty. Lions pretty damn good, man. I'll <laughs> you know? tell you. The, yeah, the they did. They, if you said the Lions looked good, then you have to say that the Niners looked pretty good. I mean, <laughs> well, do you know why the, the, the Lions look good? They have don't have their name key. is Detroit. Detroit. French sounding. They do have possibly the best offensive player in the NFL. Calvin Johnson. I mean, that guy is. Incredible. I mean, how do you, how can you possibly keep that guy from catching? The Ross touchdowns? Martin of football, Calvin Johnson. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's and this, right. I mean, the Seahawks looked amazing. I mean, the Packers you think of as a high-powered offense. Maybe they're not anymore. Maybe we're wrong on them right it, now. I but think it was a little wow. bit magnified considering it was opening night. It was in, in Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. Uh, I thought the you Packers the looked like juice. shit. Like, the Packers looked Aaron like Rodgers. Looked like a guy who had never played football. They did before. lose a couple guys right yeah. off the bat. But right. you have to think that the playoffs are going to go through Seattle again. I mean, they're going oh, to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. thinking about that because they kept talking about, well, any team out there is going to have to go through Seattle to yeah. win it. But the Broncos aren't going to have to go through the city of Seattle. They are not going to have to do that. The Super Bowl's in Arizona, uh, and, but it is interesting to think about how the Broncos really need to focus on one team in the NFL and how to beat that one team. And that's Seattle, and that's a very good position to be in from the standpoint of a Broncos fan. And that you Have don't the Broncos to... done anything though to show you that they've they're a different team than they were last year. Well, it's only one. Oh week. come on! Of course they have. Of course they have. Absolutely. They can't run the ball. You don't think Emmanuel Sanders Soft is a great defense. addition to this team? Emmanuel Sanders is a great defense. That guy is Demarcus really, Ware is they, a great addition. Love Emmanuel. You notice that Von Miller is playing. 
Uh, he is not suspended. He is on or the hurt. team, and he looks good. T.J. Um, Ward is a flat-out We got killer. Dominique rogers Cromartie out of here, so that's good. You notice that the Broncos secondary looks good. Everybody looks good. Bradley the Broncos Roby, look man. great. Well, do you know that the Broncos Roby looks are, good? Looked like the Broncos are using uh, Emmanuel Sanders a lot, like the Seahawks use Percy Harvin too. Which I was, saw that, yeah. and I was like, "Thank the ever-loving Jesus," because yeah. I've always loved that play. Yeah. It kills. That play kills. Yes, and you have a guy with wheels like yep. that. Use it. Yep. Absolutely. And you Absolutely. Need to exploit that thing. Because I mean, they should be running that one time every series. I can tell you. Absolutely. In the uh, fantastic. And they're even doing pitches, which we haven't seen since the Elway Terrell Davis days. They're finally doing pitches. Yep. Which didn't go anywhere, but it's another point. <laughs> you know, they're running them. At least, that's for sure. Yeah, because the if we're if we're going to be <laughs> they ran them. If we're going to be if we're going to talk about deficiencies, the running game was less than stellar. The running game was fine. <laughs> I don't know what you guys expect. I mean. If if a team a defensive team decides to shut yards down on the run, carries. if the set decides to shut down the run, that's fine. But they're going to. But open you up can't play run. against the. You don't play the run against the Broncos. You should be able to run for 150 yards every game. I mean, the game plan is holy shit. We got to cover all these receivers, and Peyton Manning's back there. There is an element. Let's stack the there box. Is an element. No one's doing that. There is an element of when you you know right off the bat the offensive line that ha- is in charge of blocking in these formations to for the run. They are still trying to find their chemistry. There is that. I, I do see that as a fault in the first game. But it's not like it was deplorable. It was fine. But the big problem is... It was fine. Is, they did what they needed to do. The problem with the Broncos running game is Peyton Manning is virtually a statue back there. So every single what? play... did you see him run for that first down? It yeah, did that get was called beautiful. back. That was beautiful. <laughs> he was rolling, wasn't yeah. he? He was. And but, he, uh, he falls like Pey- such a dork, Pey- dude. Uh, like, even the way he fell at the oh, end. I thought he was like, seriously injured. I was like, <laughs> I was did he like, break both it. of his knees? I was like, that's the season. What's the funny thing about him is he falls to the side and he always curls his legs up. It's like, why are you doing? Why are you going into the fetal position he, he as you're falling? Fell like a GI Joe. Yeah, like, you know, like you just yeah. kind of take a GI Joe and throw it across. It's just like gee, gee, gee. there's no fluidity in it at all. But hey, he's not paid to fall. He's played to make the throws. So my problem with the Broncos' running game is that Peyton's a statue, and they run all, basically what ninety percent of the run plays are out of the shotgun or this that little draw play up the middle. Or the defense is already already coming at Peyton because they want to get to him. They know where he's going to be. He's not rolling out. He's not doing bootlegs. So that run play, it's harder to run because guys are already coming upfield and wreaking havoc. But you also forget that probably the biggest running, biggest aspect of the Broncos running game last season, the most had the biggest impact on the offensive production was Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas had a horrible game. But you talking bubble screens? I'm or? talking about hitting Demarius Thomas on the those outs and then him running the ball for 40 yards. Yeah, the little bubble well, screens. Well, so, so Demarius Thomas had a horrible game. I think we can all agree with that. I Four mean, catches just, and 11 oh, targets. Oh, and there were balls. There were two balls that just went directly. He was wide open, and he just literally just, like, knocked it down. Well, like you a know. Shortstop. Just, boom, knocked it down. You know who they missed? Well, I don't think so. I, think I, I don't did. think so at all. No, fact, no, absolutely. Oh, they, come they, on. Emmanuel Peyton, Sanders. Peyton missed game. his security blanket. Totally agree. No, that yeah. is that is I completely. Yes. Welker is the gun. Totally agree. We got the five to six yard passes that like were basically run plays, and that's that's who he would throw to. But he didn't throw them to Bubba Caldwell. You know, he didn't throw no, them but to Emmanuel Sanders. Filled that role. Perfectly but they didn't. They, he, they used him as a receiver. They didn't use him as a slot receiver. Emmanuel Sanders was lined up in the slot. Now, I don't have a photographic memory, 
Like Jeff does. Who's the white guy Let's out there? Is that Jacob Tammy? Tammy was That's in there. Tammy. Yeah, okay. they used Tammy more in the slot than they did. I had to go look up the roster, and I was like, who the hell was that guy? It's like, I guess that was Tammy. I think the Broncos look great. I want to see this. I want to see some Cody yeah. Latimer, the rookie receiver. I want to see him out there. Is he any good? I don't think so. No? Damn I it. mean, I don't know. He's a rookie. But Bradley Roby was amazing on the defensive side. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. was. He got that big. Yes, uh, he was. He had a big deflection. Rookie the of the yeah. like rookie eight, of the week. Like seven or eight tackles. That's rookie of the week. Good. I think you meant. You know, if you're gonna say his name, say it with rookie proper of the respect. week. Maybe that Panthers receiver or the Jaguars receiver that had two there touchdowns. There was defensive yards. rookie of the week. Maybe Brandon <laughs> defensive Stills. Defensive rookie of the week. <laughs> who was the Who was the uh, quarterbacking the uh, rookie AFC West? Who was of quarterbacking the, week? the Panthers? Defensive rookie of the week. Derek AFC Anderson. West. Derek Anderson was oh, throwback game. He oh looked great. Uh, you know who didn't get Cleveland defensive days. rookie of the week? Who? Javadian Clowney. Oh my god. What, he tear his right? MCL or something? Four to six weeks? tore his meniscus, and now he will be out that was for his, a month. That was his fear in college, right, was getting hurt, and he didn't know if he should play his last year because he might get hurt, and then he gets hurt in his first game. Irony. God, that's terrible. <laughs> you know that what? As terrible. far as he goes, couldn't have worked out better. He'll come oh, yeah. back with a stronger knee. Well, that knee got paid, Didn't too, J.J. So. Watt get injured pretty bad last year or the year before? Uh, maybe not. But, uh, he does wear a lot of braces and whatnot, so maybe. At any rate. What is, what is Broncos look great. I trade lives great. with JJ Watt. Probably that's like one of the guys. He's he a would. monster, dude. He is a monster. <laughs> so the the uh, Broncos, I believe, will be honoring Rick Upchurch and uh, Dan Reeves at in the Ring of Fame. Uh, Dan Reeves be there? is yeah. going in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Rick Upchurch. Long Do they have overdue. to keep Elway and Dan on opposite sides of the <laughs> stadium? <laughs> make sure they don't see each other. <laughs> <laughs> Try to trade me, huh? Try to trade me. <laughs> Maybe Reeves uh, call him a baby or something. Yeah, no, he probably like, called him all sorts yeah, of stuff. Who won? It's like <laughs> that's when we, that's when we needed hard knocks was for the Reeves Elway. Oh, the last year, the last year they were telling, like not Every even speaking year. to each other. Yeah. That would have been great. Oh man, that would have been phenomenal. But yeah, great game by the Broncos. They hang on to win twenty four nothing to start it. They say they hung on to win. I mean, they won that game. Well, Pretty let's keep in mind opening, from beginning to the end of the game. Let's keep, it, let's keep in mind. There's also that onside kick that should have never been recovered by Julius that, Thomas. Right? Yeah, yeah. Was it Julius Thomas that? Julius Thomas that? got a real weird haircut too. He's got kind of longer hair, and he's got a gray patch forming. <laughs> he's he's a like a that Dalmatian. Something was weird about that. Yeah, but Julius Thomas had an outstanding game, Uh and then he does that. It was a little weird. Yeah, it was tough. It was a little weird. But, But, uh, no, I think the Broncos look great. I I have no concerns. I totally agree with Jeff, though. Once Welker's back, like if Welker is back next week, which you're saying he could be Could be, be, yeah, it could be. I mean, that offense, how do you cover those guys? If they can find him in whatever opium den he's in in the (laughs) middle of China. Yeah. It's a picture of Welker sitting back with his pipe, but surrounded by a bunch of Asian women. We'd be like, hey, Welker, Burning Man ended months ago. Get out out of the desert, guy. He's going to have a beard and long hair. He's like Brad Pitt in Legends of the Fall. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to go kill a bear at the end of the movie. Either that or he'll be with Jeff's buddy, Matt, down at Beta. He'll be like, hey, Wes, I know Fish is is playing in uh, San Diego, but you got to come home. You gotta come home, Wes. He wasn't doing hippie stuff. He's doing Molly. He's doing like house music. It's all and a, the same. Hey. It's all the same. <laughs> <laughs> this guy was getting after it. Uh, right. Well, good segment. So just like basketball, just yeah. like the NFL, the 
These are the days of our lives. Yeah. That's it, guys. That's it. We'll probably hit more on football when we come back to you guys Thursday for Gamblers on the Storm, week two. Gamblers on the Storm. Sounds good. But we are done. We'll see you guys next week. On Thursday.